0: Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, a.k.a. Bariatric Warrior. Bex, a.k.a. Becoming Bex. Nicole, a.k.a. Spooky BSG Barbie. And Cass, yes, a.k.a. Queen Sparkle Steve. We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, hello everyone and welcome to R2DP podcast, road to discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery. And today we have our guest, Daryl from Your Level Fitness and Bex is here with us too. Thank you so much for coming on and being a part of our podcast. Um, why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself, your weight loss journey, fitness, and of course, your podcast.
1: Yes, yes. Well, so, uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad to be doing this with you guys, uh, actually doing this with you guys. Um, kind of the underlining thing of everything I do online is I want people to be comfortable in their own skin, no matter what. So whatever else it is that you have going on with fitness and weight loss you know, put the work in, be consistent, but I want people to just, as they are right now as human beings, like we're enough, which for me was something, um, it took a while to really kind of figure that out. Um, I always, growing up. I always felt like I was, I was running behind, like just kind of behind, uh, I was born premature with, um, and I had a lack of oxygen at birth. So I was born a few months premature. I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy when I was two years old, And, um, because of just kind of everything with, with CP, which is, I guess, kind of a blanket term when you have lack of oxygen at birth, um, you know, I I was late doing all the traditional milestones, uh, talking, walking, um, all that stuff. And then, um, I was very isolated when I was, when I was a kid, I was very uh, awkward and shy so how I coped was I watched TV I played video games and I ate um, so I, I I really became aware of my weight and things uh, needing to change when I was a teenager and um, that started about a 15 year cycle of trying to lose weight then I lost weight well let's let's put some muscle on let's uh, see if that helps. And all the while, um, I I wasn't happy. I, I just didn't, I felt like something was off. Like all these things that I thought would make me super happy really did not. Um, started, started working at a gym while I was in college. Uh, fortunately for me, because um, I did physical therapy as I was, a, when I was a kid, and I know you guys have some experience with PT as well. I listened to uh, the most recent episode. Um, fortunately, the orthopedic that I worked with, with, with my therapist, um, introduced uh, strength training to me when I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and it was done in a very, um, just a very nurturing, slowly progressive way. So I've, I've, had a, I've always had a pretty good relationship with exercise. And when I was doing this in college, working at a gym, I really took to it, I really enjoyed it. After graduating, a few years after graduating, I got certified as a personal trainer. Wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. Um, <laughs> Bex is up over starting... there. What's that?
0: Bex is over there going woo woo because Bex oh, also okay. does personal training.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. No. Well, and 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 like it's such a and you guys know this in the in the community. Like it's it's a milestone when you're certified to do that because now it's like okay, I take all this information and experience that I have, and I can actually work with people, and you know it's a. Um, you know, so I, I got certified as a trainer. First thing I wanted to do is I wanted to do um, an adaptive class for adults with physical disabilities. So, awesome. I, yeah, so I, I did that at the local United Cerebral Palsy. And I was, and if you guys, like, if you, <laughs> with group fitness, it, you kind of have to have your head on a swivel anyway. And I did that for about, that class for about 15 months. And I I had all ability levels, uh, some Some folks were, um, you know, they were upright, they were fully engaged in the class. Others were seated, some were verbal, some were nonverbal. So it started there, and then I started doing some in-home personal training, um, worked at one of the local studios, and then, I mean, you guys have been on Instagram, you kind of know how everything shifted from in-person to online coaching. Um, So I started doing some habit-based nutrition coaching, And that's actually why or how I started podcasting is I just wanted to reinforce uh, the messages that I had around habits for my clients. And I just started doing it and putting some episodes out, seeing what would happen. And then I wound up doing some interviews. Uh, I was super nervous about interviewing people because I was afraid that I was going to interrupt them or we're going to talk over each other. And then as you know, because when you interview people, um, that's just a natural flow in conversation. So the fact that I, I fully anticipate, like, that we're going to interrupt each other here. As a matter of fact, I, I already did. I, you, good. <laughs> well, I, and 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 Stephanie, I will say, like, our I, I love the first conversation that you and I had because you had so much going on. We crammed. We, we did an entire episode in like <laughs> half time, and I mean, it was almost. It was almost like bullet points, but we got through everything. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "You sure you want to do this?" Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> boom. So we're, boom, 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 boom. we're done. It was good. Um, so I started doing interviews, and then things just kind of took off from there. Um, I I branched out, and from what was my daily podcast, which that's the Daryl Perry podcast, and it's just it's stuff around. It's it's looking at yourself from the inside out. It's being comfortable in your own skin. It's, reinf- it's trying to reinforce this, these messages in slightly different ways because, I mean, you guys know this on podcasts, like you will say the same thing over and over again. You're just hoping that this week when you say it, you say it in such a way that it resonates with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the game of podcasting, uh, that, that's kind of what I, how I think of that. Um, but I really enjoy that part of it. So then the other podcast that I have is I have the weekly podcast for the uh, Your Level Fitness podcast which is basically where people come on um, from all types of backgrounds because um, there's all kinds of amazing stories on Instagram. And my hope is is that somebody has probably had a similar experience to somebody else that I've talked to. But that particular week, somebody listens to it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can actually relate to them. And I like talking to people about other things besides health and fitness. I know you guys have kind of the Star Wars call out here, which I think is super cool. <laughs> um are not nerds. I embrace it like seriously embrace the nerddom I think it's I think it's super cool I'm
2: wondering Firefly and like my whole background is nerd (laughs) Bex
0: is Bex is actually a published author too I
2: am
1: oh that's super cool
2: that
0: far
1: shelf is all mine well so when when I have a chance to sit down and have a conversation with you guess what we're going to talk about a ton nerd shit Hard shit, being a published author, all that stuff. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I I love having conversations with people. I love when they um, share their stories. Um, I also have a I have a, a challenge that I put out, which is Wild Three Sixty Five. Which, as you guys probably know, a couple of years ago, when seventy five hard really took off, everybody was watering it down. And this is this is what I can do, and this is how I'm going to do it. And I looked at that, and I actually listened to um, a lot of Andy Fursella's podcasts from the very beginning. And I was thinking, what is something that this is actually missing? Mm -hmm. So the challenge that I have is getting people to spend time in front of the mirror, um, really embracing, like, you know, instead of picking apart um, parts of their body, like, really starting to embrace them gradually over time and you know how it is when we do positive affirmations the first few times we're like eh, whatever we're kind of going through the motions and then after a few weeks or whatever you're like oh my gosh like i'm actually seeing it now um so that's part of it i I try to get people to journal um and i try to get um just try to get them in touch with their creativity i think creativity is something where it's essentially just us taking in everything in the world and then expressing it somehow But I think you have to express it to where, yeah, you have to express it though to where people can actually see it. And I think that's one thing where people will keep all this stuff to themselves. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to get people in touch with their creative side. Uh, And then on the health end, I'm trying to get them to disconnect uh, from electronics, just spending like five minutes a day outside, which that was one thing. I I, I love that part of 75 Hard, but I'm like, just get people outside. Like, they don't have to work out. Um, And then the... Right, and then on the nutrition component, it's super simple. It's addition over subtraction. It's have one serving of produce with a meal. Um, or, you like that?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm all on board with that. I,
1: I don't tell my clients
2: ever to fast food. Unless they come to me and say, I want to do X, Y, Z. Then I'm like, okay, how do we do that? But if they come to me and say, what should I do? I'm always like, have you added in a vegetable? Have you added in a fruit? Have you added in an extra protein shake or snack or whatever? Like, yep. I am all about adding, not subtracting. I am all about with no restriction because yep. that's not life and that's not sustainable. This is like when you said 35 hard, my brain was just like, no, thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. No interest. Can't do I, it. Because it's well, all it's too mean, restrictive. It's too.
1: It, <laughs> I think the idea. I think if you're somebody that has had a very, absolute restrictive thought process around eating and exercise, it only makes it worse.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And That's a lot of my-
2: That is yeah. a lot
1: of my- Yeah. So, I mean, so that, that challenge took off and then I decided, cause I, I started that around 2020 and then, um, you know, for me, uh, for me personally, 2021 was, <laughs> 2021 was wild. Um, went through a divorce lost uh and then six months after that was final uh lost my job through that entire time I'd started working with a therapist and I started seeing like a lot of um you know men, men's mental health I think gets more attention now than it ever has which I think is awesome but I I yeah. think two things I think one we live very just in general it's so cool that we're we're connected and I mean we're like we're on opposite ends of the country and we're just having a conversation going back and forth on this stuff, which I absolutely love, but it can be so isolating and it can be so like, we weren't from, as I know when the, with the guys that I've spoken with, they, um, that we were never taught how to even acknowledge that we have emotions, much less feel them, much less express them in productive ways. So that started a project for me, um, in November, I was going to do something for the no shave November and they were like, create your own fundraiser. Um, so I just, I started doing a podcast and I I reached out to some guys on Instagram. I'm like, Hey, I want to talk about, um, you know, the whole emotions and mental health and all this. And I had it set up to where they could come on. Some guys like to talk about this stuff as part of their platform. So we would do it as kind of a standard podcast where, they would introduce who they were, we'd talk about it, we do the shout-outs and the links and all that. Other guys would come on anonymously, and what wound up being, what was supposed to just be something that I did for a month, wound up being a weekly series that um, that I, I did every week for six months. And it's just, it's a bunch of guys coming on, and it, it's wild because, and I think, and again, I think we use the platform and put it towards gender because that's a very specific segment, but I think so many of us that are in our in our 30s and our 40s we're just very isolated we're we're we we are we do not feel like we have as many real connections as we would like um yeah. so that kind of came out of the podcast and the other part because i'm you guys are gonna, like i'm in i'm in all kinds of stuff everything comes back to getting people comfortable in their own skin but yeah um before the pandemic we did a meetup at a race here in cincinnati at the flying pig race and i wanted to do more in-person events we were going to do a follow-up in 2020 pandemic shut that down but that's my that's my thing in 2024 is actually getting regional meetups um because like you guys i like to use acronyms so your level fitness is ylf Mm -hmm. and i have ylf community ylf365 but the community has been pretty cool online um because again, it's it's people just like on the podcast. They're they're following all kinds of eating plans. They're doing all kinds of things, and the really uh, the only commonality is we're trying to be more comfortable in our own skin, and we're trying to be consistent. And we're trying to support each other. So yeah, yeah, awesome.
0: Thank you. I'm over here like where's Cincinnati? <laughs>
1: I'm like trying to think on a map. <laughs> you, you, there would be no. It's so it's it's between. It would be between chicago and
0: i was thinking close to chicago yeah yeah Yeah,
1: so it's not midwest enough to be chicago and Mm. it's not it's not southern enough to be south it's it's very it's it's just in the middle of the country but not quite the midwest
0: (laughs) my brain is mush (laughs) most of the time Uh, anyways um so as far as, like, your own, like, you know, fitness journey, I know you were saying that you kind of got into that in your teens, you know, um, kind of tell us, like, what habits you've kind of incorporated into, like, positive ones, and then the ones you've, like, kind of had to get rid of.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, the positive ones, I, I, I have um, a morning routine that I'm really good with. Uh, I start drinking water first thing. Um, I do my workouts in the morning. Typically, I get started with that stuff before I can talk myself out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do the. I try to eat mostly nutrient dense foods. Um, I I cook like that. That's where I when I'm really rocking with um, with my nutrition. It's because I'm I'm cooking at home. You like me- do you
0: meal prep like, but like on a certain day or do you like cook every day?
1: So I like to batch cook. So I'll make two or three meals because if I, I used to do the Sunday prep and I had the whole ritual and I had the Pyrex out and everything, everything was portioned out. And I, I just, by the time I got to Thursday, I was tired of eating mm-hmm. the stuff. Right. I was yeah. like, yeah. So I would, um, I would batch cook. Now, uh one thing and and this is where I've I've never actually gotten away from this is I absolutely emotionally eat I emotionally eat when it I comes do. to yeah and and I and it's one of those things where like and it depends and again like in the in the client conversations it's all contextual but there was with so many of my clients what I what I want to say is like you're. It, it, we live in a culture where there's so many wonderful experiences around food, and I would rather you enjoy the food, enjoy the experience, and not necessarily be all you know, be all weight lossy about it, right? Like you don't have to savor every single bite. If you're, you know, if you're going to, if you're gonna indulge, indulge, and yeah. you know, if you if you feel like. A trash can the next day after everything you ate. Just remove that feel of how you feel after eating something because you ate something that was very decadent and, and layered with all kinds of delicious calories and such. And be like, I feel like crap, but I'm not like. I, it's so easy to not- exactly, yeah. It's it's so easy to to slip into that. But, but I'm mean, And also yeah. like,
0: yes, I may feel like crap today, but I'm not gonna, you know eat like this every day so I'm not gonna feel like crap every day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean I always tell my clients when they come to me and say, you know, I just I've been emotionally eating, I've been eating like crap, you know, recently and I'm just like, well first of all, emotional eating is hundred billion percent normal. Every single person on the planet does it. Like it's it's normal and there's nothing wrong with it. It's when it becomes your every single day thing Mm -hmm. and you are eating far above and beyond your calories, yeah. that it becomes an issue. But if at the end of a long week, you have one meal that's like that comfort meal and you ate too much, whatever. Yeah. Like you said, next day, okay, how do we- There's just a puddle, but... I didn't treat myself great yesterday or like- <laughs> but... <laughs> she, she's, she's
0: like, I'm sorry, I have to be interrupting now. I...
1: I totally get it. And my, well, now she's going to come over here now. My dog, <laughs> like, I don't have curtains up because she likes to look out the windows. So she was standing on her hind legs and she's a little brown dog. It looks like she has corduroy pants on. <laughs> um, you know, I think, the and, and I think the biggest thing, so we talk about how people are eating, how people are exercising or not exercising. I think we discount how long of a, Yeah, I've got this going on over here with me right now, too. Um, But like, you know, I think we discount how much time we actually have. Whereas, I mean, we could have whatever's going on in our life. And I mean, I'll tell you guys, like when I was going through the divorce, I, I coped with food. I coped with food by myself. I coped with food going out with my friends. And at that point in my life, that's what I needed. But I think what we all kind of come back, what we all come back to is, you know, eventually when you're ready, you will find something. Yeah. I mean, and you find something that's going to work best for you. And and another thing, like I, again, cause I, I, I see a lot of the fitness motivation I get in. Uh, you know, my TikTok is full of all kinds of like, um, you know, stuff for, I'm just doing it on another way now. Um, all kinds of, of like, this hustle culture stuff and, and grit, 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 and push, push, push. And I'm like, the whole motivation industry is like, the reality is, is people are going to make changes when they're ready. Yeah. I mean, I hate to tell you guys that have this, this big, massive industry, but yelling at people about what they should do and gritting your teeth does absolutely nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I was going to say like, one of the things I find really interesting about a lot of my coaching is that Sure, I have clients that I meet with weekly and we work out together and, you know, but a lot of our conversation really is always surrounding workouts. But when I meet with clients just for coaching, and I think I went into this a year ago, because it's been over a year now that I've been doing this, with this expectation that I would be talking about fitness. <laughs> I'm not. I'm talking about emotions and yeah. food and self-worth and self-care and you know, and like all, just all of that, this self-image and body image and how we feel about ourselves, how we treat ourselves, like half the time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write to a program to work out, and you can follow it, great, but let's talk about your relationship with food and yourself. Let's talk about your relationship with fitness, but it's necessarily about fitness itself. It's more like, okay, you haven't been working out. You tell me you're disappointed about that. Why? And also, yeah. why are you working out? And if it makes you unhappy, then why are you doing it? Let's find something that makes you happy. Half the time, I write a program for somebody, and they're like, all right, Bex, I haven't been doing my program. And I'm like, well, what have you been doing? Oh, well, I've been going out a walk huh. every day. day. I do fucking care that you have been doing yeah. my program. Are you kidding me? You've been getting outside. Like, yeah. great, you know? And like, it's a lot of habit coaching and really less about, like, the actual workout fitness stuff. And yeah, like I, yeah, I I also hate that the the fact that we're all about like, oh, you're tired. Well, get up and go to the gym anyway. No. (laughs) What is your body trying to tell you? Rest. Have you not been sleeping? (laughs) Because then you should not go to the gym. It's just going to raise your cortisol levels. It's just going to make everything worse. like, I, yeah, I I could talk forever about that.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's so it's you're right so much of of what we talk about when we're working with people and and i mean just when you talk to people within the community too like you'll figure the exercise stuff out it's something that has been made very complicated if you yeah. went out for a walk every day and you stretched a little bit and you figure out figure out how to do some kind of a balance program which is in your week do some kind of strength training some kind of cardio and do some kind of way of the, thing. the thing that, or uh, some kind of flexibility. The the thing that, that that I, I mean, this stuff is really boring when you get down to it. Like it's it's you it's very boring. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's like it's it's supposed to be. And I mean, I just you know the other thing that I look at, I, again, I think uh, we've we've grown up as in our generation, it was very. Normal to start dieting early. So many of us have been doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, I grew up. I grew up in a. I'm an '80s kid, and when I when I was little, in my house, my mom was drinking tab and going to to Weight Watcher meetings. Like back in the eighties, when I was like ten to twelve. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I just. So like we've I I feel like we've done this stuff for so long and I like one of my things is I just I don't want people to look back at their life and be like, well shit, my macros were awesome. They were pristine, but like what about everything else? So that's that's also part of the reason when I do when I have people on for the podcast, I want like I want people talking about star wars. I want people talking about yeah. the fact that they um you know that that they're starting a podcast of their own. I want people to talk about like this, the things that they're interested in, the more obscure, the better. I, I, I love it because if I, if there is somebody that catches that episode and they're like, holy shit, I love Spider-Man comics too. Then they're going to reach out to that person and you might actually connect. And the reason I want to get into the in-person meetings again is again, like if we're comfortable in our own skin it's very hard if you've been behind a screen for however long to actually get the courage to come out and meet people in person. But you guys know this because of the relationship that you have. That in-person connection—that's where the memories are. So.
0: And I get to see yeah. Bex again in August i
1: know <laughs> like a perfect segue yeah. <laughs> perfect
2: segue i will be in portland with beth
0: in august yep. <laughs> i always i yeah, always say yeah, I like did. but how bex was saying is she's like i feel like she was talking about me when she was talking about this is like oh yeah you went for a walk today cool <laughs> you intentionally yeah. moved your body i was like yeah that's all i've basically done for the past 18 months is walk that's all i've been able to do But I intentionally moved my body today. There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm And we we do, I I mean, not just Steph and I, but me and any of my clients who talk about that stuff. And it's just like, whatever it is, do it consistently. And do it because you love yourself, not because you feel like you have to. Because I feel like everything you've been saying, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, like, I grew up, I guess, more in the 90s. But I'm, you know, born in the 80s grew up in the 90s, and absolutely, it was Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and Atkins diets and all that crap, and all, all I, honestly, like, I had weight loss surgery two years ago, and absolutely the last, or two and a half years ago, the last two and a half years have been very, very acid-focused and very fitness-focused, yeah. but at the same time, my world switched from fear and guilt and depression and self-hatred and dieting to, yeah, I move my body, yeah, I'm on a, I mean, I'm putting big air quotes for everybody who's listening, diet, um, as in, like, yeah, I eat higher protein, I try to eat nutrient-dense food, I try to, yeah. you know, take care of my body, i have definitely prescribed to, like, the 80-20, you know, <laughs> like, give the shit for those couple meals that you want to have some fun, like, yeah. I'm going to take care of my body as best I can, but I'm also living my life for the first time in like, mo- like like thirty something plus years. So. What's the that
1: You said that's just been the last time. couple years. What What did that for you? What What was? When did that start to change?
2: I tried to get in a kayak at okay. almost four hundred pounds and yeah. couldn't, and was embarrassed and had to like literally like roll myself out of the kayak into the water to stand up because I couldn't stand up from the kayak because it was too low to the ground. And I didn't have the leg strength and I was 400 pounds and I was miserable and it was embarrassing. There were people watching. And the, the thing I think that motivated me was the fact that I was trying to live my life. And yep. it wasn't that I didn't want to. It was that I couldn't. Right. I was so stopped by my weight and by how I was treating myself that I could not live my life. And within within a year, I had lost like 20 or 30 pounds. I had been diagnosed with a, an eating disorder. I had gone through a crap load of therapy and then I decided to have the weight loss surgery because I was like, I have been fighting for this for decades and not lost weight. And I needed I needed help, you yeah. know? But, but because of that decision and because of all the choices that led me there, like, I am now living my life. And I am now working on that relationship with food so that it doesn't become a constant, every moment thought. So that I can just enjoy my food and wake up the next morning and enjoy my food again. <laughs> just, you know, like, I, I don't, There's there's no more guilt with yeah. what I eat. There's no more, like...
1: Yeah, and, and I really, I really believe that it comes with choosing to love yourself. Yeah. That's all, and, that's all that it boils down to. Well, and and I think, so, and I think, I actually think self-confidence is a choice. We choose. Mm-hmm. We choose. And, and that in a, and I, again, it's so, in a world of angles, in a world of, um, you know I, I mean you, you can make any cosmetic change to yourself that you want, but if you don't if you it's it's what's operating that underneath, and that's the thing is i've got i have i have I know people on both sides. I know people that have had the surgery, wound up um getting skin removal, getting plastics. And because they worked on the relationship that they had with themselves, you can see in how they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. I've also seen, oh my God, and this is so you always hated seeing this when you were working with clients for weight loss. When somebody mm-hmm. has a number that they've been trying to hit their entire life, they hit it and it doesn't fulfill them in the way That's they funny. thought it would. Mm-hmm. And yep. I know people that have done the same thing they've had the surgery, they've had the, the skin removal, they've gotten plastics, and then they're not happy. And then what they do is they're like, what other, like, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. So like, Mm -hmm. I think people like you should absolutely love, like love the body you're in inside and out, whatever it takes to get you there. Cool. But like, man, whenever we think, and this isn't just wait, like, like this is life, right? Like this is every status thing that we see. Like, Oh, that'll make me happy. Oh, that kind of sucks. It really doesn't make me happy. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, again, I think the relationship we have with ourselves is is really really important, and I think the way that we carry ourselves that's what that's what draws people to us. That's what people, yeah. you know, it, it just yeah, it's it's the whole thing. So, some
0: something we say in like Absolutely. our community is your lowest weight is not always your happiest weight, and or, or your healthiest weight. Yes, um, so that's something big and. I never had a goal weight in mind. A lot of people do going into weight loss surgery. But usually that goal weight in mind is what the doctor says. And how the hell does the doctor know? Because they're not you. Um, So, like, I'm in the situation where I consider myself underweight. uh, Just given my health shit that I'm going through. And I would actually like to put on 20 pounds of muscle. And yeah. so, yes, when I get to the point where I'm able to do that, like that's that's what's going to make me happy, like to feel strong and yeah. you know, be able to do more things to live my life. But am I happy in myself where I am at? Yes, I am and very proud of myself for everything that I've gone through and gone th- gotten through um from my heaviest to now in the last 18 months. So um, I actually feel like I probably was uh, way more confident than I figured when I was 278 pounds, honestly, yeah. because I felt like I was just happy, like, yeah. in my life. Yeah, so, and I feel like that's the important thing going into even weight loss surgery is, like, you need to work on yourself, and therapy is wonderful, and everyone should be in therapy, because if you go into something and you're not ready for it, then sadly, yeah, you may not be as successful.
1: Yeah. Well, now, so a question mm-hmm. on therapy, because see, this is, and this is why I love podcasts, because you can seemingly talk out of both sides, but not really, because there's two sides to everything. I think therapy is wonderful, but I think, like, it's so, it's it's such a limited resource so many people either can't get it or, um, you know, I mean, uh, for me, I was fortunate when I met with my therapist, we clicked after a couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people where, I mean, one guy was like, I met with my therapist for a year and pretty much sat here with my arms crossed mm-hmm. and I eventually opened up and that's like, like, it takes, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, what has, what has that been like for you guys with when you've, gone through therapy i mean is that something that it like really took time to to get that kind of rapport in that relationship or was it i mean was it super quick
0: i think it takes time for anyone and we also say like your first therapist you meet with may not be the one that you need because you won't click with everyone and there's also different therapists that specialize in different things say like yeah, Bex also ding 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 has a background in psychology. So, um, so obviously Bex may need someone who deals with, you know, binge eating disorder. Well, I need someone who deals with PTSD and medical PTSD. So. And there's not a lot of those people out there that actually specialize in those things. And then when you go to one and it's like, well, this is disappointing. And then you're like, okay, well, let me just sit and wait another six months until I can get back into another one. So I fully understand how it's not very accessible. Um, It's costly. That's another thing. And so yes, our mental health and the resources that we need, I wish that they were there for everyone. Because I waited eight months to get into a therapist. And the person that I saw, they couldn't help me with what I needed. So I waited another month and then I got into someone who could. So me and her are great. So that's kind of my experience. So I totally get where you're coming from in terms of that side of things. But if you can get into one and your insurance gives you You the the ability to to do it, do it. Um, if you yeah. can go online or you have friends or whatever, use that community as your therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well,
1: and the other thing, is similar. Yeah. Well, and, and this <laughs> will be, so this will be kind of a, I, I, with everything there, whereas yes, you've got, we we need people that are specialized basically for just about every background. You've got a shortage of therapists anyway, you've got the cost of it so you you already see where you have these where, where you see it's kind of like yeah, so it's we like call those
0: interface. we call those barriers in healthcare, and we have Barrier. to come up with a way to remove those barriers so say you have three people standing along a fence and they want to see a yeah. baseball game okay well yeah. there's a toddler a teenager an adult the adult can see over the fence and then you yeah. put the, the the brick up so the teenager can see over the fence but who's left out the toddler. So we have to come up with a way to break those barriers for everyone.
1: Well, and I think, so I think telehealth has helped to us to a certain extent, which is good. The thing that I'm concerned about, and we see this in the, uh, I mean, you have all of the, you can coach nutrition. There's ways around not being a registered dietitian, but kind of sort of talking about food and you see people doing this around um emotions and mental health which is good but it's it's the wild wild west mm-hmm. and that I think is the thing when we get into social media again I love the awareness but it's kind of scary sometimes when you're watching TikToks and reels and we're trying to explain super um you know super complex concepts in 15 to 30 seconds And then you've got the whole other side of not everybody has the best of intentions when they do this stuff. And
0: the people who just want your money.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It took me 15 plus years to find the right therapist. And I went through many, many, many. Yeah. And it took me until I found somebody. So she didn't specialize in eating disorders. Actually, neither of my therapists that I ended up going to for years specialized in eating disorders. But one of them specialized in like body image and self like self awareness yeah. and like yeah. finding who you were, and then the other one that she actually sent me to specialized in EMDR and childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So with the two of them together, with our powers combined, <laughs> we managed to address a lot of what was driving my eating disorder, yeah. which was. My self-care, my body image, and how I felt about myself. And then all of the crap load of trauma that, you know, as millennials, we just don't deal with. We just kind of exist, you know. And also, you know, generation above us same thing. we pretend it doesn't exist, you know. And we just push it under the rug. And so that was, you know, how I finally dealt with my shit and figured it out and stopped treating myself like crap. And stop hating myself. That I literally like. I've, I wish there was a way, and I'm sure so many people out there relate to this, that I could express the depth of my self-loathing because it was so, so, so bad. And now, to actually, with without like sarcasm, say that I love myself, like. Two and a half years ago, three years ago, never would have been able to say that. And now I can, and it's not just because of my therapist. My therapist right. helped get me on that road and gave me some of those tools, right? And you know, helped me. But like with EMDR specifically, if you've never done EMDR, like the therapist is literally just asking a couple they're, questions, and the rest you were doing it yourself. Yeah, I, I most so, in,
1: internal,
2: so like. Doesn't work.
1: An you know? So, and I had really good insurance before I lost my job. Um, So I met with within the same practice. I was also synced up with an EMDR therapist. And I'll tell you what; those when you and you're right, it's a guided conversation. And man, the stuff that they can can pull you back to, and you want to talk about a level of exhaustion when you're done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy now the thing, and and the self-loathing, I mean, because I'll, I'll tell you, like, when, and it doesn't seem, it doesn't have to be something that would be a, a, a massive setback, but I will catch myself and that self-loathing loop in my head on the shortest thing, and I'm like, whoa, like, we're, we're not, we're not going to go like, like let's are. step <laughs> out of this, right? Yeah, I absolutely. mean, so it's, it's an ongoing thing, and you're right, like, I think that, you know, therapy, and and I think when we look at we we hear all the time about how the different tools of weight loss. I think when we're talking about our emotions and mental health, there's all kinds of different tools, and I I think a quality therapist is that that is your foundational tool. Um, yeah. But but they are there Absolutely. to, yeah, they're they're there to work with you, but they're not doing all the stuff for you. Mm-hmm. So that. You have to do it. You have to do it. I think that's actually a misconception
2: that some people do have about therapy is that you're going to go to therapy and then this person is going to fix you. Mm -hmm. No. Not even remotely close. You are going to go to therapy, they're going to ask you some things, and then you're going to fix yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to do the work. And I think that's actually probably what you've, you've been kind of driving at. is like, you don't have to have a therapist to do that work.
1: Right.
2: Having a therapist is amazing if you have access and you have you know, the healthcare and, and, and the money and have somebody available. But if you don't, you can still do that work on yourself. It just may take longer. It may be a little harder.
1: I, you may not yeah. have all those tools. There are certain things. Do. There are certain things that I think, and I, and I don't think we do this on purpose, but I mean, we're really good at bullshitting ourselves. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I mean, our therapists and and I, I'm sure you go call through it all the time when they call you out on it and they do it in such a disarming way. You're like, oh, shit, you're right. Um, <laughs> like, Yeah. So like, I think, I think you're right. I think we can, you know, we can start doing the work on our own. I think uh, cause that was, you know, I, I almost went and saw a therapist. Um, oh my gosh. It was probably 10 or 15 years ago. Now it's interesting the way therapy was viewed then versus now, because oh, yeah. I mean, I went painful. into the evaluation and it's like, in my head, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why I'm, I'm not doing this. There's nothing wrong with me. So what I told myself is that, oh, I figured out all of these things about myself. And yeah, therapy would have gotten me there quicker, but I eventually figured it out. And then when life was starting to go in the direction it was a couple of years ago, I'm like, no, I'm actually going to go to a therapist and see. Like, you know, and yeah. when I got into therapy and it was almost like she started pulling the strings, you know, after after we had trust wow. up. Okay. And there, there are things that, I mean, because my, look, your brain is trying to protect you as you go through life. Mm-hmm. So there's things that you're just like pushing off to the side and she's uncovering it. And I mean we're, we're going through this in conversation and I'm just like, Oh, you know, like it's, it's, it's a very raw feeling and it's a very uncomfortable, like, but we, we work through it. So but yeah. Oh my gosh. I could talk about this yeah. stuff all,
2: for <laughs>
1: hours. Yeah.
2: I was also going to say, Daryl, that I like that you allow men to come in and talk anonymously. Like I I love that. And we we haven't done that. And I actually think that might be something that would be interesting to do because we do have people in the bariatric community who have weight loss surgery and don't tell anybody. Yeah. And it is a hundred percent like anonymous. I am just, just me or just me and my, maybe my significant other know, but nobody else knows. And, but allowing them that platform to be able to speak about it without necessarily telling who they are, I think is, is risk powerful.
1: Absolutely. And especially with men and mental health. Yeah. Especially. You know, and the one thing, and that was, I I wasn't, you know, the first couple guys, there's a few guys that every time I say I'm going to do something, they're like, bet I'm there. Um, Mm -hmm. But but then it was getting those guys that was like their first time really opening up and talking about things. And yeah, when people are allowed to speak anonymously, and it's just, it's looking at your podcast. I love what you guys said at the you know, wrapping up after talking about the nomination, whereas if this podcast reaches one person mm-hmm. and helps them, then it's done what it's supposed to do. When you yep. look at your as your podcast as a vehicle for doing that, and you look at it and you're like, Okay, maybe I'll try this. Maybe letting people talk anonymous anonymously will really help. And I did that on a couple episodes and I was just I was blown away because they're talking about things. One guy though is He's like, I guess I can talk about this. He's like, he's like, the law statutes run out. I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing, no, let's, (laughs) let's we're not doing that. But yeah, we're, there's, there's limits to what we're going to get into. But I, the one thing I do want to say about men and mental health and this kind of, you know, they'll, they'll always say, um, you'll, you'll hear the, well, you know, I'm here if you need to talk or, or say something and it's not that simple you have guys that are just and people this isn't just guys see i one thing after i left or after i wrapped the men's mental health series is i'm like this format when we're talking about isolation and loneliness and self-image this is something that we really honestly as people need you know that, yeah. that we need to talk about but like the thing for guys specifically is they're like we'll just say something but like you you don't know how And then there's this misconception if a guy has been, you know, has been, has had their emotions used against them. And I hate TikTok for doing this because it's like, it's very, very social media in general, but it's very divisive of like, when you somehow, when you're talking about mental health, it ends up being men in relationships. And because somebody in a relationship used your emotions against you at some point, then the sweeping statement is, well, this is how all all women that you're in a relationship or all men that you're in a relationship are gonna be like and it's like no people are are people but you haven't learned how to express yourself or even feel your emotions. So when somebody says, Hey, you just need to speak up, but it's like, what do you even say? Like I think that's honestly where we are. Most people don't even know like what to say. Yeah. My I'm gonna if
2: you guys listen to this podcast, there we go. My husband. Um definitely is not somebody who knows how to verbally express his feelings at oh. all. Yeah. And one of the things that I've, I've, I've even suggested, you know, do you want to go try, try therapy? Because if you can't speak to me, maybe you can speak to a therapist. And he's like, no, I barely speak to you. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to open up with you know? And what, you know, like one of the, the challenges is just like, if you've never been taught how to express yourself, Mm-hmm. And then when you do express yourself, it's used against you. Like, yeah. if you've just never been taught that language, because a lot of us, again, I'm going to go back to generational, but like a lot of us, you don't speak about emotions. You no. shove that shit down. You don't talk 100%. about it, you know? And then especially when you have trauma, or in like my husband's case, if you're on the spectrum, yeah. or you have, you know, any sort of neurodivergence, like you just may not have those skills of how to express it and I mean I feel like that's incredibly common among men is you know I my childhood trauma I guess maybe fortunately or unfortunately made it so that I am overly expressive yeah. of my feelings and my needs and everything all the things because nobody would listen so it was like screaming into the void mm mm-hmm. And so that made me incredibly, like, you know, apologetic. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, let me explain everything to you. Let me tell you why I did the thing that I did. Because, <laughs> word
0: vomit. <you> know, <laughs> yeah,
2: word vomit. Exactly. And my husband's the opposite, which is actually weirdly works because he always knows where I stand. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yeah. I will never bullshit him. I will never tell him, you know, or, or never hold anything back. And I think that helped him because he grew up in a family where that was never a thing. Nobody ever spoke about the emotion. So right. I think he feels safe because he's like, but I know where she stands. So he can kind of figure his own shit out around me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so like there's, yeah, it's just, it's, I, there was another point to that, but ADHD and I already forgot it. So there we go.
1: No, you made, you made plenty of solid, of, of amazing points. <laughs> okay. We're All good. All good. <laughs>
2: I already forgot what I said at the beginning of
1: that tirade, so there's that. <laughs> well, what well, what you were talking about was how you know your husband says, like, "Why would I go open up to a therapist if I can't open up to you?" And I think that's a very, I mean, it's logical, but it's like, I, I, um, the common block, the common block. Like yes, people, com- yes, common block. I think I'm I can party. go.
0: I think you can go the other I'm way. T- the other way too is like, well, maybe you can open to the up to the therapist and not me. And then maybe that conversation you have with a therapist will help you help with you. the tools and the coping and the whatnot to help you communicate with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've
2: said that to my husband mm-hmm. like, literally, like, that's a therapist's job. If you have a good therapist, their job is to help you open up. And like you were saying, they're like, pull those threads, like just the little things, you know. And, you know, I I'm, I process my, my feelings verbally. My husband doesn't. So maybe he doesn't need to talk. Maybe someone just needs to ask him the right questions and he can internally process through that stuff. But, you know, I've tried this, you know, men. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff or the stubbornness
1: of refusing it's not all men mine no it's just yours well i mean it's this and i mean yeah this this is why relationships and emotions and all this stuff it's it's very complex and i think Mm -hmm. like anything we want a very simple straightforward solution and when we when we dig into it yeah there's there's a lot to it
0: And nothing is simple or straightforward. And this is everyone's journey. And no journey is just a straight line next to someone else's. (laughs) Right.
1: So Stephanie has just done something I have never seen on the podcast. Now, when earlier, back when we had the air quotes, I'm like, you guys are an official podcast now because this is when you have made it as a podcaster when you start doing the air quotes. But I have never seen the the the,
0: the, the worm, worm up and down and mountain the in the, worm, the straight yeah, line. The
1: there, there we go.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a new one for me. So no, I was <laughs> when they will actually like, record yeah. So that people can, you know, yeah. Yeah,
0: we've, we've never that. actually recorded us like on video <laughs> doing one. It's always only yeah, sound.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't even notice that. You're you, you, okay. Yeah, I see how we're recording now. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. No, I get it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm loving
1: this whole conversation. I
0: feel feel like we can like do this like (laughs) another time in another podcast because I feel like we've only touched like even like a little bit on on like everything in terms of like your journey and podcast. Then we kind of went on our tangent of mental health and whatnot um <laughs> that's,
1: how it works though. that's kind of I've what happens I'm, I'm with you because if you've noticed i'm like hold uh, like i'm holding my mouth closed it's like no daryl stop talking you guys have been talking <laughs> like this there's gonna have to be an end point for the conversation and there will be conversations. so it's it's no it's, it's wonderful
0: mm. uh, um something that I... like a lot of what we do too is we
2: always say like okay we're gonna
1: do this again because one's not enough never enough mm-hmm. yeah I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: Something that I want to touch on, and obviously if you're not comfortable speaking about it, please tell me to shut up. But one thing is like, obviously I have a disability, you have a disability, but we are not our disability. And I know that that can come with, you know, more obstacles than someone who didn't have a disability in terms of fitness. Or yes. even life. Um mm-hmm. how do you kind of get over those obstacles mentally, physically?
1: So mm-hmm. I love this. You asked you literally asked me a question that could be three episodes on its own. <laughs> uh-huh. My favorite
0: comedian also has cerebral palsy, Josh Blue. Oh, Josh Blue? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen him like five times.
1: <laughs> he's no he's he's fantastic like i i remember when he was on uh, was it america's best comic Mm -hmm. like way back when um so there there was part of me that one i mean i always liked i always liked being active um i liked working out and i noticed like when i started going to the gym regularly people would pay attention to me when i worked out people would come up to me and talk to me so while I was in college I'm like yeah this makes sense I could I should probably do this as a job. And in the world that we live in with everybody on their phones every time I post a video of me walking or of me working out like it it gets it cuts through the noise because I don't look like a standard trainer and I don't mm-hmm. and so from from an actual overall what I'm trying to do with everything both first in health and fitness, but now getting people comfortable in their own skin, CP has been a great thing for me. Um, You know, it's, how is it day to day? It's hard. Um, Part of thinking like you're, you're, you're behind all the time. I've been a people pleaser my entire life. And I came from a situation where that was actually reinforced. Um, So this whole thing now of, you know, growing up, it was like, well, will they like me? What do I have to mm-hmm. do to get people to like me? What do I have to agree to this? I have to agree to that. And, like, it's been really hard. And then, you know, and, and therapy has been a huge thing for this, like really figuring out who I am and what I want out of life. Um, And I'm I'm also very fortunate, whereas, you know, every case of CP is different because what you're talking about is is there is some form of brain damage. So some people can't speak. Some people, uh, three quarters of my body is actually disabled. So like is, is noticeably disabled. So when, you know, when, when, if we were to meet in person um, you guys would notice it like right away, but I also can sit here um, while I'm at my desk and I might, depending on, you know how fast my brain is is going from one thing to another, um I might physically feel it. there's a lot of physical pain with c p and but I can prop myself up to where you wouldn't even notice, so I can sit here and look all thoughtful and look all composed and everything um but it's it is it is challenging, and as i i mean i'm forty one years old now and I've been active my entire life, and I have this there's an orthopedic that I meet with here who's an ankle specialist in Cincinnati and we're playing a little game. The game we're playing is he's saying, well eventually you're going to have to have um cuz I have all kinds of like bone deformities in my ankles and my feet and my feet and he's like you're going to have to have corrective surgery. I've had when I was little I had my hamstrings released twice which they went in and they they cut the hamstrings. They did that on my heel cords as well. Um but I've I've stayed away from having CP related surgeries really since I was probably five or six years old and I keep telling him because I mean I was told you know I was like I said I was born three months premature the thing with in my household I was supposed to have a brother that was born under the same circumstance and lived mm-hmm. three days so like mm-hmm. the fact that I'm here I'm like okay um, that's like I'm, I have an opportunity to do something and then the fact that I've had orthopedics tell me that I was going to spend, I had one guy when I was like 10 or 12 say, well, you're going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're in college. I haven't been in a wheelchair. So my attitude now is I want to um, i want to be as active as I possibly can for the rest of my life. But, you know, it is challenging because I don't know in, you know, living in the U.S., I don't know what kind of health care I'm going to need as I get older. I don't know what that's gonna actually look like, you know i've got i'm 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 dating a wonderful woman now who like things are going really really well and she's like she knows kind of the long term things with all this stuff um but i mean it's yeah it's it's very challenging and you always i mean every time I walk into a room if people you know look up and like look at me, I always like look down at my feet i'm like are are you guys like checking like are you looking at me like so you know it's it's challenging, but it makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. And I try to remind myself of that. Some days it's really hard. But like when I go to bed at night, if I really think about what my life is, dude, I'm like, this is wonderful. Like all the stuff that I get to do, it's incredible.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I'm I'm glad that you have that outlook on everything because like you said, is like, People told me all of my life that this is how my life was going to be, but bam, proving them wrong and you're making something of it and you're helping other people. So that's amazing.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I, I, and I appreciate it better than others, but yeah, ultimately the, the mindset I try to have on everything is just how wonderful it is. And I do, I have a huge opportunity. I've got a lot of, of wonderful things in my life and that's what I try to focus on.
0: That's awesome. Everyone always asks me, they're like, I don't know how you stay so positive through all the shit you've gone through. And I was like, because that's the only way to do it. Like, if I'm going to be negative and sad and whatever, that's not helping me physically at all. Because it goes hand in hand. So I'm like, and because I share my story, it has helped someone else. And that's why I do it. And it's my way of, you know, venting my shit to the world you know
1: and when you get those messages from people Mm -hmm. and and that's the thing you never know who's listening you don't always know who's watching your videos I mean but then you get those those dms and people will tell you the stories or people will come up to you like I had you know one of my I I've I've I'm I'm a walking merch line usually when I'm out in public but I had a shirt on, uh, one of my sayings that I like is, is Resilient AF. And this lady stopped me, and she was telling me about her son, who was like three years old and had three open-heart surgeries. And he's going in for another surgery tomorrow. And she's like, I'd like to buy one of those shirts. I'm like, give him your address. I'm going to send you a Aww. shirt for him. But I mean, like, yeah, when you really, I mean, I'm sure you have felt that not just from sharing your story, but like that's the big thing on podcasting. You you never know how you're going to impact somebody's life. And, yeah, the fact that we get to do it, I mean, you're right. We're venting our story. We're venting, And it's funny. We're like, how oh, are you so positive? You have no idea what I'm saying in my head about
0: you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, in-
1: Instagram is, like,
0: 25% of actually what's going on in my head, there in my are. life right now. But, you know, yeah. yes. <laughs> so it's yeah. like. But you share that little piece, and then some, It resonates with someone, and then they like message you or comment, and they're like, "You know what? What you said today like saved my life," and that's those things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap up this podcast tonight and of course we're going to have you back on because we clearly have so much more to talk about. Um, Thank you so much, Daryl, for being um, on here, opening up and sharing a little bit about your story, mental health, what you do in your world and your podcast. We appreciate you coming on here and openly talking with us. Um, Thank you again and we will definitely do this again. Um put po- what's your Instagram um and whatnot. Let me yeah. show you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh to follow me on Instagram, um I am at Daryl T Perry on there. Uh, or if you want links to everything I do, go to Daryl Perry.com. That's D-A-R-Y-L-P-E-R-R-Y dot com.
0: Awesome. And also at your level fitness as his mm-hmm. other Instagram as well. So thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful week coming up. Yes. Bye. See you you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, Ending the Stigma of Weight Loss Surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next, and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon, and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram, and we will also share that with you it's just patreon.com r2dp there's some special perks in there that you might see um, there's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks you will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier you will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there so again thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time Bye, R2D peers.